Hello, girls and days. Welcome back to Astro Hotline. I am your host, Tess, and today we're going to be talking about some serious things. Don't we all just love that? Um, we're going to be talking about transness on this day of Trans Day Remembrance. We're going to be talking about preserving space for trans individuals in this beautiful world of astrology and to be mindful of sort of the nuances of, of gender. Um, this topic is very hard for me to talk about as someone who identifies as non-conforming, who struggled with gender, particularly the past couple of years. It's really hard to kind of reflect and to speak for a community so vast. Um, and I think when um, when you have days like this where you're sort of remembering the lives lost, you can't help but not feel emotional. You can't help but not feel a little bit helpless. Um, there isn't much being done for trans individuals on a lot of levels. Um, and I, th- I feel like part of that needs to change. And we're going to be talking about that on how we can shift those conversations of activism, particularly with trans identities. Um, and and first and foremost, I feel like a lot of the conversations of, um, of transphobia really doesn't get talked about sort of this sort of um, intersection of transphobia and racism, how a lot of black trans women are kind of left out of the conversation, um, how there isn't much being done to preserve those communities or to support those communities. And when you think of the life expectancy of a very hard word for me, I'm sorry, um, of black trans women at 35 years old, is just it tells you sort of the pervasiveness of of this violence of trans misogyny intersecting with racism and how that needs to be addressed um and so for one i just want if you're a cis individual listening to this right now um i want you to be thankful or to kind of reflect on the fact that you are able to sort of navigate spaces very freely because these spaces are made for you. They're tailored towards you. These spaces, these public spaces often are not afforded to trans individuals, which makes living very hard, which makes self-expression very hard. Um, a very basic example that we can think of is sort of the whole bathroom situation, how there isn't a lot of public space accommodations for trans people. How we know when certain, for example, a trans woman entering a woman's bathroom, that is has been highly controversial because of the fact that we as a society sort of construct gender to be the same thing as sex. We have this very rigid very, very, very narrow idea of what gender is. Um, and we call that biological essentialism when we sort of, when we think of gender as the same thing as our biological parts. And it's also kind of, you know, sex in itself is very on a spectrum as well, same way that gender is. But um, given these medical discourses and those in power and sort of the structures, it, society constructs it, as, constructs it as being very, very narrow. You have a penis, you're a guy. You have a vagina, you're a woman. And that's just how it works. And it's mostly used to regulate people's bodies, to discard trans individuals, to medicalize their bodies and prom- 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 
I cannot say this word, um, problematize their existence. And so you can imagine how hard it is to sort of navigate through medical spaces, public spaces, and just all in all living. You know, trans individuals are likely to be in poverty-stricken situations, especially if you're a trans person of color. Um, if your family doesn't support you, you're left on your own, where you have to kind of fend for yourself. It's very hard getting a job, specifically if you have your dead name on your identification cards. It can be very uncomfortable um, and just difficult to navigate through. And these are all things that the trans community has to sort of deal with. You know, just living on its own is just really, really difficult. When we think of activism, this recent activism, I feel like it's been very, very one note. And I know a lot of people would disagree and say, oh, well, you know, there's a lot more people are accepting of trans identities. Like, you're just, uh, no, we have a lot more work to do. And I feel like part of the conversation has just been focusing on acceptance rather than support. So when we think of acceptance, we think, okay, you're valid. All right, I accept you for who you are, and that's it. A better form of activism is support, where you're actively giving to trans communities, trans individuals directly, supporting them financially, where they need, you know, whatever surgeries they need to get. They have that money. They have somewhere to live. They are in a more safer position. When you are trans and you're poor, there's a likelihood of vulnerability, vulnerability to violence. Um, and I feel like the our activism has been just only focused on the acceptance and not more so moving towards support where it needs to be, where we need to focus less on saying, you know, your valid words of affirmation, which is very important. I don't, I don't say that we shouldn't do that. But wh where is that going to get a lot of trans people, specifically trans people of color, black trans women? Where is that going to get them? You know, it's more than just your act. If your activism is just putting words of affirmation on pastel backgrounds, something's you're not you're not doing anything. You know, you're just sort of supporting their individualism, and that's great. But you need to support them where it matters, where it counts. And I feel like there, there's just so many trans people on social media who are asking for donations, and they get villainized for it, specifically by cis people. And it's just frustrating to see because... As, you know, when you're in a privileged position, you just simply don't understand the struggle of those who are not in that position. And so I urge you, cis people, to move beyond just accepting your trans friends, but take the other mile, supporting them, giving direct donations to trans individuals online rather than supporting these really big and corrupted organizations like the Human Rights Campaign, the HRC. I rather urge you to give your money directly to those in need, to cash apps, to GoFundMes, to PayPals, wherever it may be, because that is where it's going to matter. 
and I feel like it's it's very hard seeing sort of the um the villainization of trans people just trying to exist trying to get the support they need to exist in a world that's not afforded to them and if you can also imagine the recent controversy of Victoria's Secret and that sort of laced of fat phobia and transphobia into one you know society doesn't give a fuck about trans people they don't think they're desirable they don't think they're worth it and we collectively need to demolish that we need to you know disengage from that rhetoric and in a time where jupiter is in sagittarius and we have a mars and pisces this is a time to give your support to those who are not fortunate who are not in privileged positions who are disenfranchised this is where your support matters. And this is where giving, we're in the season of giving, is going to be really highlighted. And I urge you all to give to those who are not fortunate, to extend your hands and give them some support and go beyond just acceptance. You know, it's a time to actually make a difference for the community. And we live in a world where money makes a difference. So you better pull out those pockets, those wallets, use them. So now I want to talk about transness and astrology because I feel like as a trans individual sort of navigating a space like astrology, which is very cis-dominated, which is very, I feel like in, in some ways, essentialist as well. So um, for a lot of people, we have not a lot of people, for those that know, astrology sort of, the signs and the planets are kind of separated into, you know, mask signs and femme signs. And personally for me, I, I feel like, and I, I got, I, I remember getting asked once like, oh, you don't, you don't believe in, ma- in masculine or feminine energy. And for me, it's like, no, I, I kind of don't. Um, and I don't, I don't feel afraid for, for saying that. Um, the reason why I try to stay away from that is because, one, telling a femme, very highly feminine individual that they have masculine energy is not always the be- best way, the best thing to say. can be very highly um, dysphoric for them. And as someone myself who is very highly feminine, and saying that I have high masculine energy is very dysphoric to me, and I don't like when people say it. I hate it. And so I try to be mindful and I try to be um, inclusive of individuals who have high sensitivity and high reactions and triggers towards gendered language. And gender is one of those things where it's like a paradox where it's like gender isn't real. It's It's societally constructed, but it also means so much. Gender has meaning despite it being nothing. And so even though masculine and feminine aren't necessarily men and and women, it also kind of correlates to how we express ourselves. And so saying to a feminine expressing person that they have high masculine energy is not always, again, not the best thing to say. And so I feel as someone who has a very big platform, who abides by the rules, but also likes to question the rules to kind of stray away from this sort of masculine and feminine 
um, separation. And like to think of these energies as sort of being very porous, that they can be expressed in very malleable ways depending on the gender, depending on the gender of the individual where this energy exists in. So, you know, Aries energy, for example, is going to be very different expressed by a man and expressed differently by a woman and expressed differently by a gender non-conforming person. You know, it's malleable in that sense, right? When we think of Aries and being in the, sun, in the solar position, this is a very highly egoist. It wants to express itself, it wants to create, and it also is laced with entitlement. Aries energy existing in a man is going to be a lot more violent than existing in a gender non-conforming individual and existing in a, in a woman. And that is because it's a very aggressive energy. And men tend to be very aggressive. They tend to think that they're entitled and they tend to be in higher positions of power and they're not very conditioned emotionally. Men suck at emotions, and that's just tea. Um, they, don't know, they don't know anything about emotional intelligence. And so with this sort of high, rocketed, very un like lack of conditioning energy expressed through the lens of a man is going to look very different. They're going to feel like they're entitled to certain things, whereas the Aries woman individual is going to feel like they're entitled to certain things, but there's going to be more blockages because she's, she's showing way too much agency, too much subject, um, subjectivity. She's showing way too much um, power that is very subversive to what it means to be a woman. And for the gender non-conforming individual, where they live and they navigate in a world that's not really sort of entitled to them they have no sense of entitlement um and their ego their sense of identity tends to be very in disarray because when you think about it when you have someone who is um dealing with gender issues dealing with dysphoria and maybe even dysmorphia um the ego is very misaligned and so it's really hard to kind of work into their chart because of the fact that they're not expressing their, you know, who they are. And so when you have, you know, gender non-conforming individuals, their sun energy, what it means to be them, tends to not be expressed in its entirety. And that creates a different manifestation than all the examples I mentioned before. And so that's why I think it's very important to kind of add this conversation into astrology because it's often you know we're just talking about individuals you know just plain individuals like all gemini individuals all cancer individuals and i'm like okay yeah but when are we going to have the conversation of gender and gender is all around us literally everywhere you go you know you have markets especially tailoring their products to gender specifically women who have the greatest purchasing power, you know, literally like they make up the biggest, you know, consumer market thrown in their faces. Like you got to, you know, it's just, it's everywhere. Um, astrology needs to kind of move itself into being very political because I feel like, especially on Twitter, we have conversations about sort of the, um, the ignorance that a lot of astrologers can perpetuate the lack of inclusivity 
of race, of gender, of sexuality. And that's like a whole other conversations to be had, um, which hopefully this episode can sort of jumpstart. Um, we need to start being more sensitive to those subjects. And to people who tend to be in the more privileged positions, needs to be mindful of the information they're putting out because it sends a message. If your astrology is not inclusive to trans people, that sends a message. If your astrology is not inclusive to black people and to other, you know, to other people of color, that sends a message. And so it's our job, especially the Sag Pleo generation, who, I mean, as a whole has been more societally and politically conscious to start shifting the narrative because this sort of astrology doesn't see no color or sees no gender or sexuality is a bunch of bullshit and the people who tell you that are dickwads don't listen to them do not and it's also important that and it's and no surprise but the ones that were saying those messages tend to be men a lot of men astrologers not all of them but the more older ones um, who grew up in older generations, who are a little bit new to these these new forms of activism and in consciousness, tend to be a little bit more ignorant in that regard. Um, but yeah, and I think another thing that needs to be talked about is um, to those who give readings, who work with clients, um, it's important that we think of identity as being a very big factor in the way that our energy is manifested, right? In the same way that gender manifests differently, race manifests differently, and it creates a lot of, it creates a more um, prosperous place to really get a good analysis from the individual. Um, and we need to be more mindful of those things. We need to be having conversations about these things because the change needs to happen. It needs to, you know, being a queer and trans astrologer, a lot of the things that I see on Twitter by other users, I'm just like, how is this inclusive? And it's very hard to talk about, or not talk about, but call them out on it. Because, you know, it generates this whole debate. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Or I'm sorry. Like, and they end up kind of victimizing themselves and sort of refuse to take accountability. And that's normal. Believe it or not, when we jump on the defense, it's very normal. It's a survival mechanism. Completely understand that. It takes a while for us to open up to our mistake and our ignorance. And I do think there are ways to be a little bit more calm in calling people out. But also when you are disenfranchised or you are part of communities that are very highly marginalized, being nice in a call out can be very difficult, right? You're, you're like, your life is in stake. There's no time to be cordial or to be patient. Um, and that's just the truth, you know? I do think, you know, calling other people in to handle the situation can always be a good, um, a good move. And I feel like, you know, there's also this thing of, oh, it's astrology. What's the big deal? Like, why do we even care about this? Like, for those that treat astrology like, you know, it's a space to plunge out memes, talk about, like, basic 
stereotypes or archetypes like that's fine like that's your astrology and that I respect that or whatever but my astrology is going to be political my astrology is going to be inclusive I'm going to be talking about queer shit I'm going to be talking about you know all of the shit that is left out of discussion because astrology means that much to me and I want it to be open to all identities and to also talk about things that often don't get talked about because the astrology community as a whole, not really good with handling these discussions, not really good at tackling these conversations. And so I think it's going to start, I hope this podcast starts something. I hope it starts a meaningful conversation that hopefully we shift astrology into a direction that is less focused on empty statements of everyone and start also talking about how astrology can be useful to those that are marginalized and specifically how marginalized people reach for astrology they like astrology because astrology offers something to these communities that they've never had before and that it's belonging let me repeat that again astrology offers something to these communities that they're that they don't usually have and that it's belonging Astrology itself has been, you know, made into this mockery for a lot of years, despite there are also men practicing astrology and that men were the ones who practiced astrology in the beginning. And then somewhere in history, they sort of prevented women and people of color from practicing astrology. And now that we have this sort of the shift of women practicing astrology more, or it's viewed as more of a women practice, um, it's sort of been villainized. Oh, it's fake. Astrology's fake. I don't give a fuck if it's fake. Like, when I argue about non-believers or people who don't believe in astrology, I never usually pick a bone with, with their comments of astrology is fake. I more so focus on this lack of decency, how you put it, um, and that if, if someone's practicing something that you don't believe in or that you don't like, the best thing to do is just mind your fucking business and move on with your day. Just giving a heads up. But um, this affinity of astrology sort of being marginalized in itself is what creates this connection of marginalized individuals reaching for astrology and sort of this cosmic universe of, you know, of acceptance or feeling, wow, you know, I am understood. Like, it may not be the people around me, but somewhere in the universe, like these, like I'm being understood for who I am. This is, this is the person that I am. And astrology in itself can tell you where to go next. You know, how you can be more happy and more fulfilled. And it provides a comfort. Like, you know, when you live in a world where you're sort of put aside or you're denied space, astrology is there to kind of make you feel in some ways one with this very obscure, very large cosmic body. And not everyone's going to feel that way. For me, I feel that way. I know there's some other pals in my group that feel that way. It's also fun. Astrology is just really, really fun. Talking about your friends, you know, what their sun sign is and like 
a lot of people who practice astrology tend to be in countercultures. It's just sort of this thing where astrology just kind of gets marginalized communities really well. There's sort of this safe space. But despite that sort of connection being there, um, the people who are practicing astrology, who are offering service, uh, service, services um, to those that are in power in these communities um, need to be more inclusive. Or they need to sort of kind of move the way that society is moving and you know astrology in itself needs to be also more accessible and i feel like some people are like oh well you know astrology you can reach for a cafe astrology online or you know there's so many sources now that are out there and yeah i, I understand that but there's also a um a frowning of these sources where you're not you know people who are on astrology twitter who are in these online spaces practicing astrology if you don't read a book, you're automatically seen as sort of like not professional enough or you're not, you know, intelligent enough in the, in the realm of astrology. And I'm just like, let people move the way that they want to move. You know, a lot of those books tend to be kind of expensive. I mean, I myself had to pay like around 40 bucks for an astrology book. Not everyone has that amount of money to spend on one book. And a lot of the content is really hard to read through, believe it or not. There are some that are very clear and very cut to the point, and that's great. Um, but a lot of these writings, while they are very useful and very informative, tend to lack sort of that inclusivity, you know, especially when you get into things like ascendant appearances, how it's mostly centered on whiteness and how that's just always been the thing you know why why would we want to proliferate those texts in this community that we need to work on being more open and more inclusive um and i think the content online is just as useful um you have a lot of astrologers who have online blogs that offer really great informative tools i definitely would recommend let me look up her name i think her name is um alice sparkly cat I discovered her a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm going to use them because I don't know them personally. Alice Sparkly Cat and her website, um, the title of it is Decolonize Astrology. And they have a learning tab where you can learn about the signs, the moon cycles, progressions, transits. Definitely recommend that. And they're, they're an astrologer. You know, they charge for readings. Um, they've been practicing for a while. They have a book out and they provide these online materials for people to learn. And I definitely recommend if you're an astrologer and you have time to blog, spread your knowledge, be open with it. Um, definitely make a living off of your, in, you know, off your content. I completely support you on that, but also be mindful of, you know, we need to make astrology more accessible to everyone. And the way that we do that is offering information that is more up for grabs so we can access very easily. Um, everyone usually has internet access. And this is a very US-centric focused conversation. Um, sorry for that. But um, having you know these information open for grabs allows a lot more people to get into 
this line of work. And when we have more diversity, we get more diverse perspectives, and we begin to sort of shift the paradigms associated with astrology. And I don't know where this conversation is going. I feel like I've gotten way off topic. Um, this turned from being about one specific thing to being a whole other thing. Um, just me ranting about the ignorances in the world of astrology, like sort of my daily life. Um, but yeah, I hope this encourages a lot of conversation. I hope this encourages a lot of um, inclusivity as well. One thing before I head out, I want to talk about the full moon because I know a lot of you are wondering, well, what's going to happen? Um, the full moon is in Virgo, not Virgo, Gemini. Um, and it is happening on Thanksgiving Day. And as the moon goes into Gemini, the sun goes into Sagittarius. And so we have this really powerful full moon. Um, and there's a lot of energy, a lot of high explosive energy happening during this time. As the moon goes into Gemini, it's going to be squaring Mercury in Sagittarius, Mercury retrograde. It's going to be squaring Jupiter in Sagittarius. So Jupiter and Mercury are going to be conjuncting in the sign of Sagittarius. Um, and also, not square, opposite. I'm so stupid. Um, opposite Mercury conjunction to Jupiter. And the moon is going to also be squaring Mars and Pisces, which is already squaring Mercury conjunction Jupiter. And so if you're not very well versed in astrology, that's okay. That's what I'm here for. So to kind of make that make sense, it means there's going to be a lot of defensiveness, a lot of miscommunication, um, which will create defensiveness, and arguments, disagreements, um, and it's going to really kind of make us passionate about what we believe in, our opinions. We may treat these opinions as facts, and that's where we falter. That's where we begin to kind of close off really good communication. And with this full moon in Gemini and with Mercury in retrograde, we need to be assessing the way that we communicate with others and promote healthy conversation. And one way that we don't do that is when we don't listen and when we shut out another person's perspective or we treat opinions as facts. Now, people who have racist opinions, who have transphobic opinions or all these other isms, yeah, those those aren't opinions. That's just you threatening people's existence. However, you know, when we have Thanksgiving and we're, you know, meeting with family members who tend to have in some way or some somehow have very ignorant perspectives it's really hard to have very thoughtful conversations when their opinions tend to target your existence target your identity and your way of life and so the lesson here is to check out when you need to because these conversations can be a lot to handle these conversations you know engaging in these debates can be really draining and so I urge you, those who are meeting with families who tend to have very not good opinions to encourage healthy dialogue. So if you can, you know, find out how they arrive at their opinion. And sometimes these opinions are kind of ingrained into them. You know, these viewpoints are sort of ingrained into them. So it takes a lot more work to kind of undo that. But this is a conversation to kind of 
in some ways be open. And if you can't be open, check out. And that's okay. You know, sometimes we need to pick and choose our battles and to be honest with that. Because some of us like to think that we can do anything, right? That we can handle any conversation. But in some ways, it's better to just, to, to, to just not, you know? Um, as, you know, especially if your family members are your support system where they support you financially and kind of engaging those conversations can sort of threaten the way that you live. Um, I wouldn't suggest, you know, sort of disagreeing to the point where that support can be cut off. Definitely preserve yourself, preserve the way that you live. Um, to the point where it doesn't become life-threatening to you. But for the, other, for the other of us that can engage in these conversations very thoughtfully, remember to be open and encourage very healthy dialogue. Um, and how, the, how this full moon will affect you individually, I will be posting horoscopes, so look out for that. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this was very helpful, and I will see you guys next week. <laughs>